When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We just finished the very first week of NFL football in 2022. And we had a lot of shocking surprises. If you're in a survivor pool, a lot of the teams got knocked out already. If you're a Broncos fan, you're furious. If you're a Trey Lance fan, <laughs> ah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, victory laps all day. Anyways, this is uh, myself and Eric Bamford are going to break down week one, what it means for football as a whole and what it means for best ball going forward. What ha- what are your takeaways? What are our takeaways? Uh, let's do it. Aren't you worried, Eric? Aren't you worried about your Trey Lance shares? I'm worried about, I'm still worried about everything. I drafted all <laughs> these wide receivers that scored a million points, and I can't help but be, uh, maybe my brain is ruined at walk. Mm. Maybe it's definitely ruined. My brain feels ruined from just all the football we've talked forever that, like, you know, I draft a lot of zero running back teams, even like hero running back teams, the structures that we draft a lot. Yeah, and like, if yeah. you listen to this show, you probably draft a lot were are the teams that we talk about winning over the course of the season, like getting better as the season goes. And like my highest scoring teams are like my RB one is like <laughs> a 10th round pick, you know, right, because right. the week one was so crazy and the wide receivers were so good, but yet, it was a monsoon i'm holding out hope trey lance uh, and justin fields both of them you know those are my kind of guys to draft trash absolute stone cold trash um and and there's a like there's there's plenty of things you know to be worried about the sir i did want to hit the survivor thing really fast because i have a i have a home survivor league a very long running dynasty league that i'm in the -hmm. same league you know, so it's only 12 guys, but yeah. the league does a survivor like coinciding with the dynasty league. Everybody enters. We're heading into last night. There were only two remaining teams <laughs> and like me and one other guy had the Broncos. I took the Broncos oh, in, no. in, in, survivor, in survivor and two people took the Ravens. Everyone else took the Colts or the Titans. Yeah. So they and look, ties lose in this. Yeah. I don't know if that's the normal rule in Survivor. I'm not a Survivor expert. But I'm sitting there like, it was one of my buddies. We both have the Broncos. We're like, we're about to, in in one week, we're going to crush everybody in Survivor. And then, and then Russ loses to, to, the, to the Seahawks. And honestly, like, he put up numbers, but I thought he played like shit. And it's it just, that was a great culmination of week one, like, 
the anarchy of week one. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to talk, even though it's like just total chaos. And I don't even I don't even really know where I stand on how everything's going so far. So I do a survivor pool with um, three other friends and it's a hundred dollar buy in and we each get two teams, the me and my three friends. So we each pick two every week. And this pool is so big that there is a total of 4,260 entries. So we're talking $400,000 is up top yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. And a th- and thir- um, over half the field was eliminated. In fact, almost 75% of the field is gone. There's 1,659 people remaining and 2,616 people eliminated. Because, yeah, the biggest, the most picked team was the Ravens, but like Colts, Titans, Niners, Broncos, Bengals were the next. And we only survived with three of our eight entries. So, like, that just shows you, to me, that shows you how crazy week one was as a whole. The Bengals game was absolutely bonkers. I was losing my mind on the couch. Um, How they don't challenge that chase touchdown is the most mind-boggling moment of my entire existence. (laughs) Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, it's a touchdown. They're going to reverse this. And then Joe Mixon waddles his way to the to the live <sighs> scrimmage and doesn't score. And I just sit there and I almost puke. So there's a <laughs> lot to overreact on on what happened this week. I'm kind of kidding about the Trey Lance thing. I said it in Discord. He was literally playing in a lake. So I take all of that game with a grain of salt right now. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the win game from the bills Patriots last year, almost yeah. you just toss that out because it, it's just, it's not comparable to anything else. So to me, I'm not overreacting to that just yet. There are some things that I am overreacting to. Um, and I was driving home today and I kind of had two epiphanies in relation to best ball. I want to start this off with like a best ball take yep. as a overreaction, best ball take. And I was thinking about a, Saquon Barkley, right? And I started thinking about you and Pete's team from last year because I'm like, what would be the proper play? And I know it's only been one week, but the way you guys played it last year with their Devontae Adams pick as the number two overall, I think we could have done that this year with Saquon as we were already we were already rising him up through the through the rounds. And at this point, what's another six picks or whatever so to get a unique saquon team you could have picked him at the sixth spot instead of the 12 13 14 spot and gotten a unique version of a saquon barkley team by taking him in the first round so i think i want to be more cognizant of that for next year where i'm looking at guys that have that either legendary wide receiver upside or legendary running back upside and to me, he was the only one around that range that actually had it, right? 100%. 100%. So, so that's one thing I want to be cognizant of. And I think, to be fair, I think some people in our Discord was doing it. If, yes. I, if I recall, it might have been like I was inverted was doing that. And, and Hacker. Hacker and probably Hacker. has more. Hacker, shout out. His name is Hacker, so he stays, you know, he's he's mm-hmm. sleuthing yeah. around the internet. He doesn't pop up all, uh, all the time and doesn't make all of his takes known. But I know for a fa- he probably has more Saquon than anybody in the entire industry. He took a massive, massive stand. He was doing exactly what you said, um, getting unique combinations with Saquon. That was the guy that he believed. And I, and I, I 
we talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. in one of the recent shows that we had where I drafted so much third round Saquon that I kind of started to back off. I also did admittedly get a little bit squeamish about the Giants and I'm still like a smidge squeamish oh, about the Giants. Yeah. But um so I pulled this up because it Saquon was a great reference point to what you were you were talking about in the legendary upside. Mm-hmm. It's one week again and some of this is skewed like uh Fournette got pulled at the end whether it was injury or blowout. Um uh I'm trying to think there was a couple other uh guys that kind of got pulled that Najee got hurt, right? So some of it is a little bit is a little bit skewed, but if you look, go look at snap rate. Saquon was the highest of all. This is the top 15 running backs by ADP um, in best ball. Saquon was the highest snap snap percentage. He was the highest. Uh, so I, I bucketed opportunities, which is targets plus carries. Mm-hmm. He's the highest in terms of opportunities, except for Joe Mixon um, in, in his backfield. But Joe Mixon got like 10 million carries because they, they, they couldn't protect Joe Burrow again, even though they they upgraded their offensive line. And then he was what I think is kind of most, not most important, but near the top of importance, all the pass work. Saquon was all the pass work. So uh, it's him, CMC, and Dalvin were the only guys that got all of the pass work in their backfield. So like the Mixon thing is a little bit skewed because he got all the carries. So his opportunity looks really good. But then you look in the third column and he only got 64% of the you know, so P Ryan is still playing third downs. Everything that we knew about Joe Mixon is still true. He is the he is the he is the workhorse in volume, but he doesn't play third downs. He's not going to play, you know, like the two minute drill and those kinds of things. Whereas Saquon, he seeded five carries to Matt Breida, and that was it. Right. Everything else and was those all Saquon. Yes, exactly. Like he'd break a sixty yard human. run and be like, <laughs> yeah. "I gotta, I gotta take a minute here." Um, that was uh, somebody said something the other day, and it was like, "Oh my god, so and so, what you know?" They took him out. I, I think it actually might have been last night. Javante, Javante, like catches like three balls in a row, and has like a twelve yard carry, and then they get inside the twenty, and Melvin comes in, and people are like, "Well, Melvin's the goal linebacker, or whatever." You yeah. know, it's like, "Oh, they're they're why are they taking Javante?" I'm like, "He is human." Like. The, Right. This isn't Madden. Like he, right. these guys are human. <laughs> these guys are humans. Like the dude just touched. The, have you played football and touched the ball four times in a row and run like sixty yards in two Got minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they do get tired. So there's a little nuance, obviously, to that. But say this, my kind of biggest takeaway from like this little, I was doing some different studies and stuff. And Saquon, to your point, was very much stuck out to me. I still have a little bit of squeamishness about the Giants, but I mean, he certainly proved that. He was underpriced even at the end of the year at right. the you know early right. second round. And uh, like we're taking, I mean, some of the guys going ahead of him still at the at the end of the draft season were were terrible. And so I totally agree on your your Saquon take. And part of that too is if a guy's already a third rounder and we move him to late early, early second, late first, and then we're like, oh well, I can't take him much earlier because he was he was going in the third round. I think like with how great of a group of players that is early, that it's still fine because you're still getting a unique combination of three great players, most likely, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's different where a guy moves from like the 12th round to the fourth round might be a little bit different. And yeah. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. But I think that's one of the things that I'm really like kind of focusing on. And just to wrap up Saquon, 
he took that like i think it was a check down pass and he went up the sideline and as i was watching it i'm like holy shit this guy's back like he looked explosive again i don't remember him looking explosive last year once so like on that run i was like okay this dude's back like even if they suck and they struggle he's gonna have explosive games throughout the year no matter what so um, and and the big thing for me with that is like we take christian mccaffrey 101 or 102 or 103 or whatever mm-hmm. and the panthers stink yeah. No, no, no one ever says we're taking Christian McCaffrey because the Panthers are going to be an awesome offense. It's the same shit as the Giants. Yeah. What's the difference? Like, what is right. the difference? I mean, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I guess, are better than the wide receivers for the Giants. But also the coaching is better. Brian Dayball is a smarter, co- a smarter coach than Matt Rule and what's-his-face from from uh, the old Giants. Say the, There's a to put a bow on the Saquon. I think it was a run on that on that long one. But he was also very clear. He was also very clearly the focal point of the offense. And Brian Dayball. So Daniel Jones only threw 21 passes. And uh, Saquon had uh, 18 carries and whatever, seven targets or something like that. And so, like, they didn't really run that many offensive plays. And it was him. It was all him. It was basically what CMC used to be sometimes, where we would get like, you know, he has 12 targets and 24 carries or whatever, and they ran 60 plays. Like yep. it was, it was Saquon again. And so again, week one, it is, it is what it is. But um, I think a lot of the sentiment of what we thought Saquon might be coming into the year very much so proved true. Right. The other thing I thought about is Devonte Adams, and not just Devonte Adams himself, but. We saw this wide receiver carousel this year between trades and signings and mostly trades, right? You had you had the Tyreek trade. You had the Devontae trade. We know all the, the A.J. Brown trade. And if that continues in the future where hypothetically, I don't think this is going to happen, but just as a hypothetical, say Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase get traded, you know, when they're due for their contract, Right. And we used to be like, well, you know, a receiver going to a new team, it's hard for them to adapt and they don't do well that first year and blah, 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 blah. I think that's out the window. If it's a superstar (laughs) wide receiver, it's just wheels up for that wide receiver. We were worried about Devontae Adams more so than, well, Tyreek as well. We were worried about both of those guys. Mm -hmm. But I wrote it on Twitter. Devontae Adams is just Devontae Adams. (laughs) He's just that dude, right? Like, so... If a guy goes to another team, as long as they're not completely abysmal and they don't even, you know, they don't, they have the worst quarterback of all time. But if they're going to a decent situation, it's wheels up. You just take them like you would normally take them is the way that's it's totally sampling bias, right? The, the old, um, thought, thought process around wide receivers moving teams. It was like, well, for such a long time, superstar Mm -hmm. wide receivers didn't move teams, right? When name name a time when Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill and these these are top five for sure top ten de- probably top five wide receivers in the NFL. You cannot compare. You know I, I can't think of an uh, Marvin Jones or whatever right. to you know moving teams to Devontae Adams moving teams and elite football players are elite football players right. 
you know, it may get muddied up in the middle. Kenny Galladay is the exact, like people might say, well, what about Kenny? Kenny Galladay is so far from elite and was always so far from elite. He might just be dust now because he's a, yeah, he's, he's a little older and maybe injuries have, have broken Kenny Galladay, but he was never Devontae Adams and Tyree kill and, and these guys. And um, I was going to share real quick because, uh, it's funny you brought up Devonte, and if we look at um, so this is just like wide receiver, um, just a bunch of wide receiver data from from week one. Obviously, you see one one game played. <laughs> Devonte Devonte Adams had seventeen targets for a forty eight point six percent target share on the new team. We were worried about him maintaining his target share from the Packers. It yeah. might be higher. <laughs> we might have done the wrong shit. Like yeah. he, 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 he like we might have been like thinking the exact opposite of what we of what we should have been thinking. Look at literally look at the three target share leaders. Right. This is sorted by target share. The, Devontae the three Adam, that changed the three that changed teams. Yeah. AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. I mean, so like these new teams who are also subsequently good offenses, say whatever you want about the Dolphins, they're not a bottom of the barrel offense. I mean, Mike McDaniel knows what he's Mike McDaniel also came out and said, like, when they said Tyreek was available, he went to the GM and was like, if you don't fucking trade for him, like, <laughs> like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be pissed. They know how to use these guys. Right. They're the, these teams are smart. They know that, you know, when you get Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. You just use them. And so um, even lesser I, guys I, like Christian Kirk was down like right at the top 11, I think, on that chart. You just he's showed. near the top. Yep. Of uh, wide receivers, he's top 10 wide... because Saquon's the other one that snuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> Saquon uh, is hilariously near the top of target share leaders. Right. But, uh, so Christian Kirk is, uh, what is that? 10th? I think he's 10. 10. Yeah, so the whole moving teams thing is is gone. The NFL is not like the NFL was. This isn't Alvin Jarvis Harper. Landry. Jarvis Landry is also on here. It's literally right. like all wide yeah. receivers that move that move teams, right? Or superstars. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's not it's not the old NFL where Alvin Harper went from the Dallas Cowboys to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then nobody ever heard from him ever again in his entire life and couldn't be a number one. This is stars moving and remaining as stars in the NFL at their peak age as well. Like right. AJ Brown is in the prime of his career and he's a goddamn man from what we saw on Sunday. It just, it's unbelievable to watch what these guys are doing as they move teams. So those were my two big takeaways this week. I, and I know like week one can be overreaction, but I think, I don't think that's an overreaction. I think those are two things that I can take going forward for next year. So last year for me was the whole, if I want to get two guys from the fifth round, make sure that I grab one in the fourth round. And I don't care. I don't think I'm giving up that much for that. So this year going forward, it's going to be, targeting guys that are moving teams because i think that sentiment's going to remain for the general public probably yeah um yeah. and i don't know if anyone moves like to that extent next year but i'm just saying if it does happen uh just to know to be cognizant of it that they're probably being underdrafted and it's okay to grab them we should have been grabbing Devonte at the sixth spot sometimes right like mm -hmm. we should have been looking at grabbing him there maybe we should have even been mixing him in above like i know this is gonna be blasphemy but in the cup jefferson chase range because he's with them so if you took Devonte 
occasionally at the three spot or the four spot. Now you're already getting different variations of that Devontae Adams teams than most people have. So those are things that we need to be cognizant of going forward. Definitely. And I think it's a great representation of, again, we, we, if you're in our little bubble, if you're watching this, if you, you know, and Rob and I, and some of the people that we listen to and talk to approach the game a lot this way. But I think um, something that I felt fairly clearly from week one, I've always felt this and felt it going into the season, but it's just like, again, good football players are good football players. So like take last night, Devonte Adams is definitely one of the best examples. All, all those wide receivers, right. Mm-hmm. Changing teams is like, AJ Brown's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So is Tyreek Hill. So is Devontae Adams. If you're worried, you know, aren't you worried? If you're worried about them in this new situation, like you should just trust in the talent. And and that's actually something I feel, knock on wood, that at the end of the year, I, I actually corrected. I wasn't taking a lot of Tyreek. I was like above above market on AJ Brown, but not crazy. Not not like to a crazy extent. And it was just kind of like you said, with an epiphany, the light bulb goes off. And I'm like, I don't really have any strong takes at this two, three turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or or after the top five in Devante's um, range, after that top five, it's like, I don't have strong. T- I mean, I, I'm taking more stuff on digs, but right. like, what is the difference really? Yeah. And so I corrected it. I, I, I got, you know, to like 14, 15% of, and I'm thinking in BBM of Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams, both. Yep. And then at the two, three turn, I just, uh, you know, it was basically for me, uh, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, if they weren't there or Stefan Diggs, uh, Kyle Pitts, if they weren't there, I was just, to, you know, whoever the best available wide receiver was, but I was like, I'm just going to take, these guys are superstars. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't work, at least I know I took a superstar. They can still make something happen. You know what I mean? But if I take a guy, if I take no offense to Mike Evans, if I take Mike Evans, it's like he's a he's a good football player. But like Mike Evans is not Tyree Kill and AJ Brown. If I'm taking him just because like I feel uncomfortable about the Dolphins, I don't know. I I think I think that was something um the market gets wrong a little bit um here and there. And so the the other thing I was gonna say. Follow kind of kind of piggybacking on that. Following up to that is these 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 passing games mm. with all the. There's so many good at wide receivers in the NFL. Yep. I love Saquon. I love Swift was good. JT obviously is just is just JT. But these robust running back starts are like fucking dead to me. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, yeah. I the the ones I even drafted, even the ones that are like doing well. I'm like mad at myself forever doing it. Like it was, it's zero and hero running back with, with how, not only how good the wide receivers are at the top as we saw, but how efficient we've become at wide receiver. Like when we pulled up that, that list, I mean, I'll just pull it up again. When we pull up that list, show me someone on here that like, this is just targets too. This isn't even like production DPJ, I guess is a surprise. Mm-hmm. Who else is uh, Robbie? But even then, Robbie was like, I don't know. W- w- are you that surprised? They That's, don't have anybody else. It could be a fluky, fluky Robbie Anderson game, right? But it's all the superstars, right? I mean, right. go look at, go look at. Uh, we'll, we'll just do Whopper for for shits and gigs. Again, look at the top: 
AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, you know, Deontay Johnson. Nobody was drafting Richie James anyway. It's the superstars. Right. So draft the superstar wide receivers. And then if we went to, you know, if we go to running back and just look at not not receiving production, I guess this is going to be just receiving production. But um, if I were to go look at like just fantasy points, yes, JT, Saquon, et cetera, are kind of in their own little mini tier there. No one's saying don't take them, but don't take them and Najee and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other guys. It's like get your superstar wide receivers. If you want to if you want to dip your toes into one of these elite high upside running backs, do it. But then go because you can get Dontrell Hilliard and you can get Daryl Henderson and you can get so many guys. I mean, Tymont's already hurt. The Patriots guys are going to be better now. Like there's just so many later round running backs that can match the Najis and the, I mean, shit, they might match Eckler. Eckler didn't even play 50% of the snaps or get 50% of the touches. It's just so thin at the top with running back that, um, I'm like, like I said, I'm like almost mad that I, any of the like teams I see with multiple early round running backs, I feel, um, worse about. So, Rob in the chat says, I don't know. I'm happy with my Adams at 12 or later. It's tough to put him above the other four. Rogers has made wide receivers in the past. Evans before Adams was a mistake. I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to take him over those other four every time I'm saying a mix. And to go to Eric's point, I think next year I'll be taking bigger stands in the first round where I think a lot of us hit FOMO still. Like we don't want to miss out on, you know, do, well, what if it is a big year for Dalvin Cook? What if it is a big year for Derrick Henry? And it's like, I was doing this a little bit with Chase, but if I can just take stands on six of the top 12 guys and double double to like almost double and a half the field on those six guys, you know what? That's probably what I'm going to do next year. And I'll have 0% Derrick Henry. I'll have 0% Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, like those guys that I didn't really like to begin with and I'll just get all my unique combinations through the other for the other guys that other people aren't going to have, or there's less of going forward. Also, um, yeah. So like that's the stuff I'm looking at. Like, what can make me better next year? Where do I want to improve my particular game? What do I think is going to be improvements? I kind of think um, I would like to do what you did. I, I did a little bit of what you just discussed, but I would mm-hmm. like to do it better basically i would Harder. like to fi- yeah. fine tune it fine tune it exactly like you said so you see this is just bbm again it's easiest mm-hmm. to look at bbm but so i wasn't i was I, I was when i got the 101 i'm taking jt right and like like you said these top five guys i'm yeah. at the field or above because that's just how it works with the top five guys after that then i did do kelsey Diggs, Devonte, more like i wasn't you see eckler one percent right uh, Naji two percent. This is obviously ordered by the spy. I guess I can just do uh ADP by ADP. So three percent Derek Henry. It, also, I'm so mad. That's like ninety nine point nine percent auto drafts, and just so just so triggering when you auto draft the guy that you absolutely did not want. And those, if I could take that three percent and put it on to Diggs and Devonte, like I would be yep. so so much happier. But but so I did. To your point, I didn't draft Dalvin. Um, I didn't, and, you know, I wasn't drafting Derrick Henry. I wasn't drafting Najee, and I wasn't drafting Mixon. I got, I'm at the, I ended up at the field on Saquon because of what we talked about. He went from the third round to the one-two turn. I regret that. I wish I had, I wish I had just kept taking him, but I was doing, yeah. So you see, I'm a little over on CD. 
uh, Javante kind of hung out in that Saquon range. So I kept taking him Debo. I did just kind of be like, I'm just going to take all the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like, honestly, I'm mad. I took Andrews. I, I wish this 3% Aaron Jones was zero. I wish the 1% Alvin. Co- and like, it seems silly. Cause it's like, ah, it's 3%. It's 1%. It's whatever, right. you know, it's 2% Najee next year. I would rather just move those like that. that it's going to, uh, if we add all those up, we're talking about 10, 15% ownership that i could put on the guys i actually wanted on in the first rounds and then we'll get the only thing i was going to add to exactly then we're going to get to this range mike williams sutton gabe waddle hollywood that's mm-hmm. when i can just start to spread it out because they're all the same to me right like obviously i like gabe more i wanted to take a stand on gabe but yep. like hollywood juju judy they're all the same so then i can i can make my exposure flat there. Um, and maybe even so I know you don't like ETN, right? But like maybe ETN, maybe Brees Hall or whatever, whoever you like in that range, I think you can still spread it out, but it's um with like the Saquon thing. If as long as you're not jumping through tiers, who gives a shit? All right. Take Saquon ninth if uh, what is he? What what do I what do I have him ranked? Like why why didn't I I have Saquon tenth overall? Take him fucking tenth if all the yeah. other guys are if all the other guys are gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you like him better than Eckler, I'm look. It's funny because I'm looking at mine on my screen, and we have a lot of the same exposures. There's a few differences. I have three percent Jonathan Taylor to your eleven percent. Um, that's just so that I could get my nineteen percent Jamar Chase and BBM. Right. But yeah, that's. I mean, we were on the same thing, and it's funny because now we want to make the same adjustments for next year, right? Where it's like. We were already doing it, but fuck it, let's do it harder next year. Yeah, is kind of the is kind of the play. And I totally agree with what GA is saying. Like, I've been trolling and fucking around on Twitter and and all that with re- reactions, overreactions, and all that. But I think when it, it's definitely also, I'm going to say something that sounds totally like confirmation bias. But mm-hmm. when when your stance was this, and you kind of, as you said, hedged your bets a little bit. Yep. Right. You didn't want to sit like like you said, I could see past the Dalvin Cook being a smash, but so I didn't want to well, I did take zero, but <laughs> you know, you may not want to take zero of X player, right? I have three percent Derrick Henry. Of course, there are scenarios in which Derrick Henry smashes, runs for two thousand yards. He's the guy you need, whatever. Especially now he plays the goddamn Cowboys who are <laughs> a shit show in week 17. If he right. goes for 204, would you really be surprised? Right. Probably not. But point being, though, I, you see my, my this is my rankings literally on the screen. Travis Kelsey, sixth. Stefan Diggs, seventh. Devontae Adams, eighth. I, I have Eckler, ninth, but you're never getting him if you have him ranked ninth. I have Saquon, tenth. Right, CD, eleventh. Javante, twelfth. Debo's high, et cetera, et cetera. And I hedged a little, not a lot, but I hedged just a little. And when you think about this game that we're playing and you go into week one and you see it play out where you're like it, that that's my whole strategy just came to fruition (laughs) in this. It was like, take JT or McCaffrey, take Saquon. I took some Swift, take Javante outside of the other running backs. Who gives a shit? I don't want them. I want the run. I want the wide receivers and then I'll figure the rest out later. And when you start to see it come to fruition, clearly that means it's a smidge. It's just a smidge more likely to come to fruition over the course of the entire season. And you hedged your bets a little bit 
during the draft cycle, I think it's it's at least reasonable to consider that maybe stop being a a little baby back bitch and uh, and don't yeah. hedge your bets. You know what I mean? You only get right. 150. I'm trying to win two million dollars. Like, why do I need two percent, Derrick Henry? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, it's not helping me to take two percent. Right. Like, you know, it's so uh, the one percent Eckler. Um, yeah. All right. What I want to get into next. It's week one. Let's overreact. What do you want a victory lap? Like one player, one take. What do you want a victory lap for week after week one? Oh man, do you have one in the chamber? I do. Go, you go first. I'm one hundred percent right about Travis Etienne. No, I like it. I like. I it. am. Yes. I am one hundred percent right about Travis Etienne, and I'm gonna fucking start victory lapping it right now, <laughs> right this minute, because he's dead. You maniacs that were taking him in the third round, peace to those teams because he's, I mean, you might drag him to the playoffs with you, but he ain't getting you there. He's not going to be the guy. It's clear. Like, just watching that team and knowing how that team's going to be in shootouts or playing from behind a lot of the year, and this dude can't even catch a football, and he's supposed to be a pass-catching back. You called this. You made me even more scared when you're like, he doesn't even know how to catch a football. He had to like stay and work on it. And then he's out here dropping walk-in touchdowns in week one. Dunzo. James Robinson is going to take the majority. You know, it might be a 60% majority, but he's getting all the high value touches. This dude's dead. Absolutely dead. So the the what you what you mentioned is I don't have much ETN either. I took I took I took a little bit. Here, here and there, well, uh, mm-hmm. not in the third round when you would get him. You know, I'm a zero running back, bro. When I get my three wide receivers or whatever, and he was fourth or fifth round, I might take him a little bit um, because he is he's he's an explosive football player that it fits my structure, whatever. So you see, uh, Jay Moyer, who's a really smart uh, football guy, in in his in his tweet here, he posted this during the preseason. So you see, it's August 14th. This has been my stance. I've talked about this for a long time. I probably have tweets from before this preseason out mm-hmm. there that are like, people have a misconception of what Travis Etienne is as a football player. I, so I, uh, I've talked about this before. I play a ton of college football DFS. I watch a lot of college football. I really enjoy college football. Mm-hmm. Travis Etienne did an interview. You know, Clemson has been, was so good while he was in college, obviously. Yep. But he never really caught passes early in his career. And he did an interview when they were uh, in his late in his uh, the end of his in his career when Lauren, you know, him and Lawrence are still there. And he did an interview on college game day where he talks about like, I knew if I wanted to play in the NFL, I had to learn how to catch the ball. And he, he said, I can't remember the words or whatever, but he basically says, like, I'm not natural at catching the ball. Basically, I have shitty hands. <laughs> it's basically what he says on ESPN. Right, And he's like, I, w- I just went out and w- got on the jugs machine every day because I knew I had to learn how to catch the ball if I wanted to like be a high pick in the NFL draft. And so they then they started to use him and throw him the ball a little bit and everything. But he is not – like people keep saying he's DeAndre Swift or he's Alvin Kamara or stuff like that. Those dudes are like receivers who happen to play running back. Yeah, This dude is not that. He's a running back who has tried to force himself how to learn – to, to catch the ball. And so that's it. 
you see this tweet here that says he had product receiving production. So if you just pull out your spreadsheet and put your glasses on, you know, and pull out the pencil, you you would say, oh, my God, look, he's a good receiver. But he, he doesn't have good hands. He's not a natural pass catcher. They just like would check it down to him and throw some screens because like, I mean, once the ball's in his hands, he's fucking awesome. Yep. But you got to catch it first. And the NFL game is very, very, very different. So that's what I was like. I don't think our industry, even the very, very smart people that I love and trust with the prospect stuff that are smarter with prospects than me, I don't think they were evaluating ETN appropriately. And I think the Jags have done nothing but tell us that this entire offseason. They came out and said, James Robinson is coming back and he's going to play on third downs and he's going to play at the goal line, which is a different can of worms. But he's going to play on third downs because he's a better passing down back. Than Travis yeah. Etienne is, and all Etienne did was go out in Week One and prove everything we just talked about in terms of what his like true receiving skill set is. And it's not that he can't get better; it's not that he's not going to have production in the rece- in the passing game and everything like that. But like, if you paid for young Alvin Kamara upside on maybe a worse offense, I just don't. I don't think you're you 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 are on the right path. I agree, a hundred percent, and it feels good. It feels real good. I think I only drafted him. I think uh, Gretch made me draft him once, and Kareem <laughs> might have made me draft him. And I and I was like vomiting in my mouth as we did it. And I tried to get Gretch to to find a way to sell me on him, because of all people, like if we're being honest, I think Gretch is probably the smartest guy that I listen to in the space. To be perfectly honest, and there's only been two takes over the years that I didn't agree with him on, like. And that's a lot of takes, right? So like it's easy to remember the ones you don't agree on. So I'm yes. not I'm not shitting on Gretch. That dude is one of the smartest guys in the entire field. But I just I didn't see the ETN thing and I'm gonna victory lap it. And he might have one or two games where he goes for two touchdowns and everything. And he will. I'm sure he yeah. will. Yeah, but yeah. I think overall he's he's not gonna be worth the capital you spent on him in the in the offseason on these drafts, personally. I agree. Um, and like I said, I don't have very much Travis Etienne. And like, if I didn't have this this take that we just talked about with his what he actually is as a receiver, you might have found. Can, can you think of a more running back that I would love? I mean, first round pick, yep. obviously, and he is crazy explosive. So, like you said, he's gonna have some. He's gonna rip off a fifty yard touchdown here or there, right? He is gonna catch a screen because he can probably even catch a screen. But like they ran him on that corner route. And he drops a, you know, he, 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 he's not a natural receiver. Um, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm looking at like my exposures. Can I say Daryl Henderson? He's my highest owned running back. He also obviously fits the, the zero RB thing, but it never. So our industry was out on cam acres. Generally speaking, there were mm-hmm. of course people that were in on cam acres, but as a, as a whole, as a collective, Kingmakers was not somebody people were excited about. If 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 our perception was that he was the starting lead running back for the Rams, and we were all very excited about the Rams, maybe we're not as much so now, but we were very excited about the Rams, he would be going way higher. He went at the one-two turn last year before he got hurt. Right. So that's that's where he probably deserves to go if he's the workhorse running back for the Rams. Mm-hmm. He falls to fourth, fifth, you know, whatever round, but yet. Daryl Henderson is 
always available in the double digit rounds. Right. Always. That what that doesn't make any sense to me. And I know he didn't smash from like a a fantasy points perspective, but he was the workhorse running back on the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl champions who we know what the McVay offense does for these these running backs. There's a reason why Henderson was good last year, why Akers has been good, and why Sony and Michelle was awesome last year when he came on. And he was available for most of the summer, you know, in the 130s, 140s or something like that. He finally got up into the 115 yep. or 120 range or whatever. We're talking about a 10th, 11th round pick who people and, – and they this is the same thing as the ETN thing. They told us. McVay has quotes saying – it's we have two starting running backs and and even then he was lying <laughs> what he was really saying is daryl henderson is our starting is our starting <laughs> running back and this cam Akers loser can't run anymore uh um, i was but trying to find ways to be in on acres throughout the year and i still couldn't do it i wanted to be and you know when i actually started to get in on acres luckily for me is the last week of drafting he was falling to the sixth round yeah so I had already finished all my BBM teams. So a couple of my puppy 75s or whatever draft that was, I have some probably <laughs> higher Cam Akers exposures on those teams. And I'm still not completely out on Akers, but I I think he's going to be very much game situation oriented. They were behind last week. I mean, the block thing is is something that's that was bad, wasn't it? Really, to be concerned about because if you're gonna if you're gonna let your quarterback get blown up, it doesn't matter what running back you are, you are gonna get pulled. You are just gonna get taken out of the game if you're not gonna pick up blocks. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. That's why rookies don't play on third downs like we want them to a lot of times because they don't know how to pick up a a yep. block coming through. Right? That is, we talk about it all the time. So that's. That's concerning. I mean, I'm sort of looking at him for DFS as an early look for next week because he's Henderson so cheap. Or no, Akers. Akers, because he's super cheap and his matchup is decent from what yeah, I remember. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm like, and I think everyone's going to be off of him. So I'm like, this feels like the Acres smash spot. He's like 5,200 on DK. Uh, we can look at some DFS stuff in a little bit. Uh, we can actually transition to the DFS. Did you have any fun sweats this weekend? No, my teams were absolutely terrible. Week one is always one of my hardest. I've I've had maybe one or two good week ones like in my entire career. My mm-hmm. difficulty with with week one for for DFS is that there are so many good plays, like yep. so many dogs just, almost just tackled me. I, I wasn't sure that they were going to. I could see them <laughs> sprinting into the room out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I wasn't sure they were going to stop. Um, as you can see. It's there's so it's it's so, and I don't play like 150 or whatever. You know, I had the mm-hmm. the tickets from maxing the DK Millie, but yep. um, and I, I had one really good Mahomes team, um, yeah, like really really good Mahomes team that that did pretty well. That like at least got me a little bit of my money back. But you know, my main teams were terrible, and I, it's just so hard because in week one, like I said, there's there's not only so many good plays, but then sometimes some of the good plays that you like, like I, I, um, for anybody that doesn't know, I, I work for Roto Grinders. I do, you know, uh, DFS content for Roto Grinders, and like Mahomes was one of the, was my, was my quarterback coming into the week. I'm trying to think, there was a couple guys that 
then they Hollywood, you know, who, who wasn't very good, but these guys then start to get steamed up over the course of the of the week. And yeah. so, like in my main team, for example, I pivoted to Lamar, and like he was fine, but it was just then when you pivot to Lamar, it kind of makes some other things change in your lineup or whatever. Um, and I played Kyle Pitts over Travis Kelsey because Kyle Pitts was going to be, you know, a third of the ownership of, of, of Travis Kelsey. And that, even though Kelsey was my like conviction play of the week, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just week one. It's so easy to be like, well, nobody's, you know, everybody's playing Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman too, but I can just play Rashad Bateman, uh, you know, and I like both of them. And so week one is the difficult one for me. I'm very excited about week two. I, I had a decent sweat and the double spy. So I'm starting to alter the way I play DFS going forward. I used to like to max the four or five dollar milli on FanDuel. I just prefer yeah. MMEing on FanDuel as opposed to DK. And I like the DK single entries a lot better. So FanDuel single entries are useless. DraftKings I, has really good ones. Really the $75 good on FanDuel is fine. So like I played that one. So, but DraftKings but, has that equivalent plus like right a ton more and three entry max and right. like there's just so many options on DraftKings for whatever you want to play. A hundred percent, and I'm starting to reduce. So like I think I did eighty teams in the four dollar on FanDuel. So I'm going to be even reducing that even more going forward. Probably fifteen next week, and then maybe even less, and then I'll dabble between the double spy and the single spy going forward, but. Mm-hmm. I cashed both my single entry teams, which was fun. They both min cashed, nice. but the uh, Mahomes, Mahomes. Yeah, I had Mahomes on both. It was Mahomes MVS, but like I had Christian Kirk, I had Fucking Jamar Chase. MVS. I know. I almost the the like the one team. I think so. I played twenty teams because I had the fifteen tickets, and then I'm like, well, I got to, I'll do twenty to so then I can play all the twenty max mm-hmm. stuff with those teams and the Millies and blah blah blah. I was like, I'm going to lock MVS, I think. So I yeah. locked. So it, it, <laughs> people will think I'm crazy, but I locked Chase, um, Miles Sanders, and Chase Edmonds. I locked those three guys and I was going to lock MVS. But then I started um, hand building the last couple of lineups and I needed the 100 off from MVS to Hardman. So I basically locked in oh, nice. but my my only one my only good team was uh Mahomes, Kelsey, Hardman. Um and so uh it was it was close, but uh you know obviously didn't didn't, didn't get there. I didn't have uh Saquon or Jefferson, which is like when when a couple guys hang 40 balls and you don't have them, you're probably not going to get there. Yeah, I swapped off Saquon cuz I thought he was going to be heavily owned. He was really popular. That's the, that's yeah. the other thing. It's like I really like Saquon and he's 6k. Of course, he's a smash, but you know, it, it week 1, it's difficult to know the delicate balance of yeah, eating chalk and not eating chalk. So I I nailed it. I picked a Houston Texans tight end. <laughs> I just picked the wrong one. <laughs> and the funny thing <laughs> is, I don't even remember what defense I played. I play. I think I played the Raiders because they were just so cheap. I, it's not like I wanted to play the Raiders, but to make the rest of the lineup work, I was trying to get up to the Dolphins, and Brevin Jordan was like thirty one hundred, and I wanted to go down to get up to the Dolphins D, which mm-hmm. would have been the play. And I also work for Roto Grinders, and I had to produce all the Sunday shows, so it was tough to try to edit my lineups on Sunday. 
Welcome uh, to my life. We get yeah. done with the, we get done with the, like I get done with the the show at, you know, basically 1130 my time, right? At 1230 Eastern. And a, I'm t- like, I'm like worn out. You talk for an hour and you've already been probably building lineups and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I like, I probably should tinker more and like fine tune, but that last half hour, I'm just like, ah, fuck it, whatever, let it ride. Yeah. Whatever I have in there is, is fine. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like sitting there trying to produce stuff because I don't want to mess anything up. Thanks, Tuttle, for coming in and ruining the, in the <laughs> middle of everything, by the way. I was sitting there and he just starts adding things to the screen in between you guys' show. And I'm just like, what are you doing? What is happening, Tuttle? <laughs> but yeah, we, we fixed it. But yeah, so it was hard to edit my teams at that point. And maybe I would have found it. Maybe I wouldn't have. I can't, I can't say for sure I would have. I knew I wanted to go to the Dolphins. But that that's what I'm going to be doing with DK and in the future or today, if we want, we can start building first look lineups just because that's a little bit fun. Did, did you play any uh, Battle Royale or any um, drafters um, drafts or anything like that? I'm super fascinated. Um, maybe it's just my um, I played DFS for so long mm-hmm. that and I obviously I have to like produce content and stuff for it that maybe it doesn't fascinate me as much as it fascinates the whole world. But the fact that like DFS is not solved, of course. It's a, I say this all the time. It's kind of like best ball. It's like when these things are peer to peer, the edges will be, either become less or change or both. But it like they're never solved. It's never solvable, right? right? You can never come in and say this was the right play. This was the wrong play. I mean, maybe you can say that from a technically an EV perspective, but that's also subjective to projections. Blah blah blah. But this, these drafts, like battle royales specifically, like there's 50k to first in in the main battle royale on underdog, and I'm like fascinated by these. I I made like four dollars <laughs> on Sunday in battle royale, so like nothing special at all. But it was like Kelsey was going in like the second round. And he was so very clearly the best tight end that I just like kept taking Kelsey in right. the first round and then fig and then kind of like we talked about with week one, there's so many options. And in battle royales, only it's six six teams in a draft, and you would draft six players. So only th- think about that. 36 players get drafted. So th- you know, there's guys outside of the top 36 that like are smashes. I mean, right, right. It, it happens all the time. Like I <laughs> I was taking MBS as an example of uh, who was outside of the top 36. But I, I'm really fascinated by the um, strategy for, for these drafts because, you know, we talk about it with best ball all the time where people are so beholden to ADP and that moves over to these drafts as well. But the the leverage on not being beholden to ADP is like, uh, through the roof in these contests as opposed to be- best ball is like, okay, I took Jalen Darden instead of, you know, some 18th round pick. This is like, I'm taking Debo Samuel or whatever instead of, instead of uh, some guy who's a hundred percent owned in this tournament. Yeah. Um, I just want to answer this question real quick. Then I want to expand upon that. How do you guys rank these tight ends season long? Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, one, a one B one C one D. And that's how I rank them. They're all the same person. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want to? It's probably you're looking at Higby, Tanyan, Henry, Thomas, maybe. But yeah, it's what, not. 
what was uh henry how much did henry was the henry johnu thing i haven't looked into that yet i but haven't because they were so bad the patriots were so bad yeah, that, but we that, knew they were going to be bad this year that's like it's no sweat to me because i knew what this season was going to be i was ready for that stomping on sunday for the patriots it's definitely higby but i think tunyon's in the discussion because tunyon didn't um the packers were bad but i think that may be a generally good sign for Tunyon and he didn't play a lot he only played like 42 percent of snaps in his first week but I think that's going to grow so to get back to your point about this peer-to-peer stuff I always go back to poker right Mm -hmm. which is a game that people act like is more solved than DFS even is and because there's better we have a better idea of the mathematical probability. I mean, we know a lot of mathematical probabilities around poker. DFS, we haven't quite got, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same math equations. But people ignore the peer-to-peer part, right, of poker and right. focus on the math. Right. And that's the whole thing. You go sit down at a casino, and when you're playing lower stakes, they're not playing that way. Like. <laughs> right. Like 80% of your table isn't thinking about this stuff. When you're playing these DFS contests, even like I guarantee that $200 double spy that I play, yeah, there's a lot of smart people in there, but I guarantee there's just some rich people that are just throwing around $200 because they want the sweat. There was a guy that put 25 grand on three underdogs to win straight up over the weekend, and he won $1.2 million. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And that's just the guy that doesn't care about money right? Like he has the money to do that. So those are what they're going to buy into. Like there's people with expendable income that just want to, that just want to sweat something. So you got to remember that just because people are getting sharper, there's still quote unquote fish in the lake on every level. And then once you do get to those higher levels, it's just, you can understand how the majority of the group is thinking. And then you don't have to fully go away from that. I could have played Saquon. Like if I thought that I had an edge at two other positions that no one else was looking at, like I don't have to completely fade Saquon, right? It, I mean, that's why we talk about cash games are two v twos and three versus three v three sometimes. So there's still ways to play these these DFS slates. I think even more so than people let on. Like I don't think DFS is dying. I think people, I think it's like something you bring up. We swim in our bubble a lot. So we know that there's smart people in the field. We know that there's smart people doing stuff. Everyone in our chat is relatively smart for the most part on this stuff. Um, And if they're not, they're here to get better or they're looking for avenues to get better. There's a lot of people that never look to get better. They just want to put in a lineup. They want to take three minutes. Um, I'm a Dolphins fan. I like Tua. I like Jalen Waddell. I want to play these guys. I want to root for them. And we got to remember that those people exist in everything. You got to remember it in best ball. You got to remember it in DFS. You got to remember it in poker. And those are the people that you and everyone else at the table is trying to exploit. But guess what? You're going to fight each other sometimes. And to, to your point, there may be a few less of them in DFS and the people who are bad may have, just because the industry is a little more evolved, similar to poker, the industry is a little more evolved. The Mm. casual person may have access to things that can help put them above a certain bar um, that make their lineups better or their, their plays in poker better Uh, in best ball. I just don't think we've reached that. Like we have not reached that, but rewind to the beginning of this whole um, episode where we were talking about things like 
I wish I just drafted zero in hero running back teams is like people don't even know what that means. Like a lot of people don't even know what that means. Like, right. m- like, like you enter a draft and most people probably don't even know what that means. Like, what is a hero? Ru- what do you mean by hero running back and underdog actually posted today? The, you know, there was like 1.8 million teams drafted or something like that on underdog over this summer. And they were, they posted the most common like stack and whatever. And one of them was the most common like structure, um, meaning how many of each position. And it was two, six, eight, two, which is like the least surprising, <laughs> like right. the least surprising thing ever. But, um, it was funny. Somebody, Jay Warner, who, you know, is in discord is in, is a, is a smart guy posted like, Oh, the, the wide receiver bros broke this. And I actually think that's wrong. I actually don't think that that is, that's it at all. I think people just draft balanced teams, even like people that started three running backs mm-hmm. still draft six running backs. Yeah. I think that's just the casual consumer feels comfortable with two, six, eight, two that it has nothing to do. Of course, uh, the people like us that are drafting zero running back teams and be, you know, being smart, that impacts the number a little bit, but I think, that's just like part of the fact that it's still a casual consumer sport. It's not a, a game. It's not, it's not solved. It's not like DFS where there's a reason why the guy who projects, you know, for six X's salary or whatever is, is the highest owned guy. That's not where we're at in best ball yet. I agree. I think just uh, calling an audible here because we're getting up on the time. I think we should build a lineup. A first look lineup on DK. We'll say that this is going to be for some sort of single entry type of deal. And I will give you the honors of going first if you want to build based off a stack or whatever you want to do here. Trey Lance. Oh, my fucking God. You knew that was coming. Uh, can I talk about that really quick? You can. Do you want to stack them with anybody? Um, I mean, I, I prefer Debo. Debo had eight targets last week and i i think devo is still just the alpha plus elijah mitchell's out and um i think i I think whether devo wanted it or not i think he's probably gonna have to play some running back at least he got the bag at least he got the bag now before he has to go back to getting you know six carries a week but i think he's he's gonna have to suck it up and play some running back because they were their offensive line is not very good um, Mitchell was very clearly the best back that they had. Jeff Wilson is kind of just a dude. I don't know if they'll make TDP active. We'll see. Jordan Mason is just a dude. I think that if they're going to make explosive plays in the run game now without Mitchell, it has to be Debo. And so you kind of get this weird Lance could still only throw for like two touchdowns. And if he runs for one and Debo runs, like they could score 28 points and you just get it all with these two dudes. You yeah. know what I mean? That that's kind of how I view it. I just think the Lance thing is is um I I also want to be clear, like I, I obviously draft a lot of Lance and and come to his defense in conversations and stuff, but like this this slander for him is ridiculous. He is not a good football player right now. Right. He has barely played football. Like the the same people literally saying like just bench him or whatever would have benched Peyton Manning. 
They probably would have benched Tom Brady. They probably, and I don't think Trey Lance is that. I actually, I'm on record saying I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback like over the long term. But you have to give the kid a chance to play a little bit before we just bury him. He played two and a half games last year. He played one game this year in a fucking monsoon. (laughs) Not only was it a monsoon, that field is such a joke. Did you watch the celebration from the Bears at the end? It was like going down a slip and slide. Yeah, it was it was a joke. And so, like, he's still the same upside bet we've been talking about forever. He's not very good in terms of like a real life NFL passing quarterback, but that doesn't matter. Did you watch the Ravens game at all this week? Lamar Uh, is still not a good pass, uh, not a good passer. Don't don't give me flashbacks because one of my picks on my single entry was Michael Carter and watching him drop that freaking touchdown. When mm-hmm. I had him at like one or two percent ownership, I mean he still smashed for his price, but oh god, I wanted to vomit that chase touchdown, that that um, yep Carter touchdown, and things are a little bit different on that team that I had. But they say I played Lamar Bateman. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Bateman caught the bomb touchdown. But yep. like, man, Lamar is still rough throwing the ball and so it's like why are we cool with josh allen and lamar and all this stuff but we won't even give trey lance like let him play at least like a year or something let him let him figure this out and and just to expand upon liking trey lance this week i think that seattle is the i think there's two teams the epitome of this from week one uh pittsburgh played their super bowl week one and seattle played their super bowl week one i think you're gonna see the real seattle seahawks on sunday at whatever time they play, I'm guessing four o'clock Eastern because they're both West coast teams. I think you're going to see the real Seattle Seahawks and I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think they are going to get absolutely dog walked by San Fran, even hundred percent as bad as they are. So I do like Kyle Shanahan is licking his chops. Watch like that defense was bad. Russ let them off the hook. Right. Cause Russ is so weird. He was checking down to like Javante and the tight ends and then throwing the Russ you know, uh, hero balls down the sideline to, to, they were just trying to take away the deep stuff. Cause I mm-hmm. mean, I will give Pete Carroll a smidge of credit. He knows how Russ plays and like make him check down, make him check down. He won't use the middle of the field and he, he didn't take advantage of what the Seahawks defense was giving to him. Kyle Shanahan, like that's the drink. Kyle Shanahan is just sitting here like, oh my God, they're going to let me throw it to Debo and Ayuk and Kittle over the middle and Kittle's going to be back um, this week. Like he's just, they're just going to light up the Seahawks, I think. All right. I'm going to take a high price player and then we'll have to figure it out from there. But I think this is going to be the absolute week to take CMC. Love it. Because I think people are going to look at week one, and be really results oriented on more so him than the other guys, but they're going to look at Taylor and Taylor's got the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. So it's a great matchup and Saquon's on the other side of this game playing Carolina who Carolina just let up, I think 200 plus rushing yards. Mm -hmm. So people are going to be smashing Saquon. So your ownership on CMC, I think is going to be possibly the lowest you're going to get it all year coming off a relatively rough game with these other guys around them that people are going to rather play that. I think this is, this is like the, and the giants suck by the way. Yeah. They still suck. Yeah. They still (laughs) suck. They won, but they still suck. So (laughs) I think this is 100% a week to be playing CMC, but now we are, we are already getting into some salary trouble here. 
That's okay. We can we can uh, work with that. I got a few. I, I already started some of my uh, tags and stuff, so I'm I'm at least a little a little prepared. Um, I was just gonna say on CMC, totally totally agree. And mm-hmm. from a rate perspective, they ran fifty plays, yeah. Carolina, fifty. So like when we look at the box score and you say, oh, 10 carries and four targets, that looks awful. Well, they did come out throwing and and I do think we shouldn't expect the, you know, random 13 catch CMC game anymore, but it doesn't mean we won't get the random nine or 10 catch game with Baker. Right. Right. It'll still happen. Yeah, for sure. I think that's still going to happen. He he still played. He played a hundred. He got a hundred percent of the passing down work. He's still Christian McCaffrey. Nothing has changed. So uh, I, I love that. Um, I have a running back, but here's a salary saver. Okay. All right. Tight end is bad because we're missing Kelsey and some, some of the tight end stuff. And we're mm-hmm. not using Kittle because we played, we played Debo. I got right. a, my, my favorite min price tight end of the week. Ready? Mm-hmm. Juwan Johnson, $2,500 on the saints. They play the bucks. You had to pick the, uh, name that yeah, everyone exactly. has. New Orleans, tight end. Go to tight end. Go to tight end. There it is. There it is. Yep, twenty five hundred. So he played. It was something like seventy five percent of the snaps. He got five targets. Um, he was third on the team in targets. Third on the team in air yards. He was Adam Troutman played like forty percent of snap. Basically, Juwan Johnson was the lead tight end. Um, also, kind of like quasi rotating through with the wide receivers. Um, none of the wide receivers played all the snaps. They all kind of played in the 70 ish percent range. He was basically right. You know, he obviously not from a production or talent perspective, but he was basically like right there with, with MT Landry Olave, whatever he tied with Olave for most snaps of a, of a skill position player. Jawan Johnson did. So, um, there's a punt tied in for you. All right, let's go with, this will be controversial. Kadarius Tony as a salary Ooh. saver or wide receiver. Now, I was making fun of the fact that, you know, I wrote, I for one am shocked that a wide receiver that they were trying to trade yeah. barely yeah. had any target shares <laughs> in, in that game. But I think the one thing that you can say is if you watch what he did in that game on his limited, limited opportunity, he is still the second most explosive player that they have on that offense. And I don't particularly think it's close between him and anybody else for that role. So I think that the offense as a whole, like the coaching staff is going to have to suck their pride up a little bit and look at Kadarius Tony and be like, I'm not going to say he's going to play hundred percent of snaps, but we're talking about a $4,200 wide receiver that has the ability to just house one at any point in time. Um, I like Kadarius Tony at 4,200 to get the opposite side of that McCaffrey game, especially when I think everyone's going to be on Barkley again this week. I totally agree. Um, now I'm going to put my running back, my running back out there, and it is we're going back to the 2021 uh, NFL best ball well with Antonio Gibson. All right, plays the Lions. Plays the Lions. Lions are just the never-ending smash spot for 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 running backs. Every Eagles running back got there. <laughs> got there again, and Jalen Hurts. And if if you just use Jalen Hurts' rushing production. Like they just, they're just a feeding frenzy on the ground. Obviously, Brian Robinson is on IR, and the mm-hmm. what what's really positive about it is what we hoped for last year 
using Gibson in some creative ways and using him in the past. He ran more routes than McKissick. He also was playing a little bit of like slot receiver. He was doing a lot more creative stuff and they were using him in the way we dreamed about last year when we were drafting him. And so he's a, he's, he's a smash against the Lions for me. All right. I know we're a wide receiver company, but let's do what I was talking about earlier because this way we can play somebody cheap. God, you're a sick fish. Let's go with acres in our flex. And that way we can punt tight. End. I mean, we're basically probably going to punt defense. Let's just say we're going to take Bengals. the Bengals. Right? How do you not play? Can we talk about that for two seconds? Yeah. Yeah. How do you not? It's really hard, right? And yeah. I know I played DFS for a long time. I know the shtick. Everybody's going to say like, oh, they're going to be so high owned and defense is really volatile, blah, blah, blah. But like, I mean, I'm still, I'm still probably going to play. I'm like, it's the savings is just through the roof in by far the best spot of the week. I don't know how to not play him. But doing that gives us 6,900 for another wide out here. And there's like so many options to go. We could, hell, I'm even almost okay with, with changing this acres thing, inserting Jamar chase and figuring out what's, what's left for our, but, but let's do that. Let's do Jamar Chase at let's put him at wide receiver, even though we'll probably take another wide receiver. Yeah. Um third from the top. 8K. And that gives us 4,500 for the flex, which gives us what? Some garbage, but we can find something okay. here. Don't, DPJ. Don't deep yeah, look at DPJ right there. Eleven Just targets. Based- one of the highest uh, target shares in the entire league. Yeah. So let's assign that lineup just for now because um, I'm definitely going to have to enter this into something, but we'll go back over it real quick. Um, this is just my little shell lineup to get my entry in. Oh, Baker, I like it. Yeah, I was kind of looking at Baker just as like a variant cheap quarterback type of deal uh, against so the you Giants. Have Kirk, you need to play the Lawrence Kirk instead of Baker. Yeah. Uh... Lawrence Kirk. I like I like I like I like Kirk Kirk's Kirk's too cheap too. We we the the chart and stuff he pulled up earlier with target share. Kirk Kirk is a smash. Kirk might be my other victory lap soon enough. It's we, a good one. You should have used him, I think. Even maybe even more than ETN. Kirk I know, is, but I like you could have double tapped. Same team. You could have <laughs> double tapped. Yeah. I mean, but it was for the thesis of why I liked Kirk. So anyways, the team we just built was Trey Lance, Christian McCaffrey. Antonio Gibson, Jamar Chase, Debo, Kadarius Tony, Jawan Johnson, Peoples Jones, and the Bengals D, which is probably going to be the highest owned out of all the yeah. things that we have. But it's <laughs> like so, like just to the point I was making. Yeah, the Bengals D is going to be heavily owned, but when the rest of our lineup, just this is early look, so this could all change. But just looking at our lineup, a lot of this is not going to be chalk. So if we're taking the chalk D, who cares at that point? We're leveraging everywhere else. That's kind of like the points that I'm making on this whole thing. Definitely. Um, and that works for all like all these different gambling games that we're playing, not sports betting, obviously, but like in best ball, it's like people talk about being unique and all that nonsense. And it's not nonsense, but you know what I mean? It became a little bit of a meme. But like if you take guys at the one, two turn who are 
paired together all the time. Yes, okay, maybe every single pick thereafter you don't want to take right at ADP because you are going to create a lot of overlap. But you yeah. don't have to. It do, you don't have to galbrain everything. Right. Like you don't have to get leverage with every pick in DFS. You don't have to get leverage with every single player on your entire team. It's actually where I fall. I fall into my own personal biggest traps is because my brain works that way. It's like, oh, so-and-so is chalk. I like his teammate, right? So like last year, like let's say Devontae Adams is chalk. I'm going to play Aaron Jones. And then DeAndre Swift is chalk. I'm going to play Amon Ra. And then Kittle is chalk. I'm going to play Ayuk, right? You don't have to do it at every fucking spot you don't have to fade the chalk at every we talked about saquon like you said earlier like i played lamar bateman right you play elijah moore you play all these guys that are five to ten percent so what if you play saquon like it literally doesn't matter his ownership does not matter on on that team you know and so it's thinking through all that that kind of stuff and i think again going back to the um like snake drafts and battle royales and stuff that's the same thing there it's a much more difficult balance because you only have six players and i think people again screw that up not a lot of people are really crazy gal braining but i've seen a little bit and it's like we're gonna gal brain the absolute shit out of this and draft like four guys who are going undrafted where i give up so much upside and so much projection but i'm unique right 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 on the flip side everybody drafts this like your team is duped like you know (laughs) your team is duped like a hundred times that's horrible. You should never draft that team. But the sweet spot is always in the middle in all of these formats. Yeah. And, and just for the Battle Royale thing, I think to your point, that is even more exploitable because it incorporates that people are FOMOing the ADP where it's like, oh, well, if they're getting drafted here, I have to take somebody in this range. And it's like, no, go off the board. You know, you find Donovan People Jones or whatever you find. Now you have a guy that's two, three percent owned in that contest, and you get a massive edge if he does, even if he gets close to like what other players are getting, right? Just because he's so different that you have such upside with that. So, yep. So I did a um, just to to put a bow on that. My my big thing that I did last week was I was taking all like I took a bunch of Mahomes, a bunch of Kelsey. I was taking the chases and and such of the world. Um, and then I was punting running back and taking Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was one of my big like takes of the week or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can get 102 from Miles, and we were really fucking close, <laughs> 96 and one, and he got a, you know, we, we were close to hitting on the Miles Sanders thing. If he just matches the Saquons and or comes close, like you said, to the Saquons and JTs and stuff of the world. But I have Mahomes, Kelsey, Chase, right? Uh, All these combinations of that. So that was my take. I was like, I don't really care about being unique because I'm going to take a bunch of this running back. I'm going to punt running back and I'm going to take a bunch of this guy who's probably going to be like 5% in this whole, in this, in this whole tournament. If he hits, I win. Like, that's it. it. That's all. I, that was one win condition, right? Especially because I had just have a bunch of the, the superstars at every other position. And if we want to talk about a team where every player ran bad, fantasy-wise, it was the Eagles. You had Hertz could have been the quarterback to have this week. <laughs> Any of the running backs could have been because each running back had a rushing touchdown. Three like, rushing. Yeah, all three. They each had one. Yeah. Like, anyone could have smashed from the Eagles this week, so... They're, they're just going to be a fun team this year. That's like always been like my quote unquote second favorite team just because I loved Randall Cunningham. That was my favorite quarterback. Um, he's why I watch football. So, yeah, they, uh, they're they a fun, fun team to watch this year. 
while we're doing that let's end this show let's just quickly hit on thursday night because i think the thursday Mm -hmm. night game is a mess i couldn't believe like when i saw who was playing thursday night i was like (laughs) why are you doing this to me football why do i have to stay up till 11 30 when i have to wake (laughs) up at 3 30 in the morning this is not good for my for my overall health but i have to watch this game how do you if you watch football how do you not watch chiefs chargers like it's a marquee matchup on a Thursday night. And it used to always, and I swear to God, there was one season that the Jaguars and the Titans played every Thursday night. I know. They, <laughs> oh, why does every Jags Titans game play on Thursday? <laughs> play on Thursday? Um, my take is these are two of the top three teams and the, these two teams in the bills, I think in my personal opinion, we need to assume Keenan Allen health. Cause as much as uh, uh, you talked about Gretch earlier, as much as Gretch might uh, be touting Deandre Carter, the Deandre Carter breakout uh, Deandre Carter is not Keenan Allen. So it's it, obviously Keenan is not going to play this week, but assuming Keenan Allen health, I think the chargers with the upgrades they made on defense and the offensive line and the chiefs and it's the Cardinals. And like, I think I expected that. I think you probably expected that. I think the Cardinals, legit stink i think i think that the cardinals are in for a really bad season um again that's a little confirmation bias from week one but now we're gonna see like basically both of these teams is that true are the chargers have they made that step and and are the chiefs actually better this year with um kind of a more a more diverse offense a smash offensive line a little bit a little bit better defense um i like the chiefs I think um, Andy Reid has also made some really kind of impressive adjustments to how they're playing on on offense, just like from a schematic perspective, and that's that that's also part of what is is helping the Chiefs. And if it, again, it, not that Keenan is like that big of a game game changer, but it's a pretty big downgrade from a team who, if anything, as crazy as it sounds, the weapons for the Chargers were a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. coming into the year, not upgrading um, at wide receiver. And so now when you take away their best guy, I think um, that's that's the the issue for the Chargers. So I like, Will, Will I, I like the Chiefs. Incoming. Yeah, exactly. They, I, I, well, if Keenan is going to be banged up all year, which I, I mean, I don't think that he is, but if he is going to be, you know, if, if he's getting old, right, if, if there's going to be concerns, they're probably going to have to look to Odell or, or, or Fuller or something. Do you want to get real galaxy brain on that? Who were we just talking about that want the team wanted to trade him? Wouldn't you? Oh, Tony, the Giants. The Giants have a gluttony of wide receivers. Yeah. Why wouldn't if you really don't like Kadarius Tony near the Giants, you can probably get a somewhat decent return for him from the Chargers Mm -hmm. if they're looking for something. And he's on a rookie deal, so you might be looking at something like that as well. Um, What I'll say about it is it's MVS in the captain spot season on Thursday night. (laughs) love it like like i don't really like showdown slates too much it's not like my bread and butter um i've won one but it was only for like 900 dollars, which was very sad <laughs> i mean i Sounds love 900 dollars. Like, yeah but, <laughs> but you know um and the other thing is we probably should invite gretch on the show for next tuesday considering the fact that although we sang his praises we shit on him twice in this episode and Did we, what was this, the other one we shit on besides I should, uh etn and whatever you were just bringing up oh, um DeAndre i wasn't shit deandre carter that was a, a one of the a, his best takes well yeah yeah 
De- yeah. DeAndre Carter was people were well, saying Jalen Guyton. I should on. Yeah. I should yeah. on. Thank you. Don't lump me into your don't lump me into your fucking bucket. Uh DeAndre Carter caught a touchdown after Keenan Allen got hurt. That was that right. was a, just an absolute, absolute smash call. And even I, like I said, I like blindly trust Gretch. He's brilliant. Um, and like like you said, I, I disagreed with the ETN, the ETN thing, but when he said DeAndre Carter, I was like, that makes sense, but mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, you're, it's kind of one of those where you're like, DeAndre Carter, really? It was kind of like the Ty Montgomery thing, who RIP Ty Montgomery went on IR today. But uh, it was like, though, those are what make the good, the guys that are good at all this good because they're able to be like, put the, you know, connect the dots on DeAndre Carter and Ty Montgomery. And I'm not saying those are the guys, you know, for necessarily like uh, best ball or whatever, but like, People would say take Jalen Guyton in the last round, and it's like, actually, it's probably DeAndre Carter. Even though you like you don't know who DeAndre, Car- you don't even know who DeAndre Carter is. He's right. probably the smash on Thursday. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at pricing, but if Keenan doesn't play, he's going to play the slot and uh, probably just going to smash. Yeah, I can't wait for that game. There's so- the Minnesota game with the Eagles on Monday night. Another time that they're making me stay. Dude, how good did they look? 30. We didn't talk about them, but how good did the Vikings? I mean, Justin Jefferson is just silly. He, if you make Jair Alexander look like that, buddy, he's, he's good. He's too good. Like we were, we were having fun in Discord about Justin Jefferson because Hacker was making fun of me over it. He's like, he doesn't have fifty point upside. He already has forty six in the first half, and I was like, doesn't sound like fifty to me. Doesn't sound like he hit fifty. That's all I'm gonna say. Um. No, but Justin Jefferson, I never said that he was a bad player. That was never the thesis of what I was talking about. Justin Jefferson is a bad, bad man, and he uh, and he proved it again. I mean, to me, there's two clear. I mean, Cooper Cup is who Cooper Cup is, but like in terms of like absolute raw studs at the position, it's Jefferson, it's Chase, and then there's a tear break, right? They're so good. They are you so know, good. It's just, those it's two just dudes. Unreal. It's it's gonna be really fun for a long time with some of those young wide receivers, man. I mean, also think about uh, we're not the first people to say this. Jefferson, Chase, and Joe Burrow on the same college on the same college o- o- offense, and uh, the corpse of Terry. It surely changes your outlook on Terrace Marshall when you realize he was uh, the beneficiary of playing with the best two wide receivers in the in the NFL and yeah. uh, top top eight quarterback or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, God, that offense also last thing. Cause now I'm on this stupid LSU. <laughs> Do you see the Ed Orgeron quote or whatever that, you know, so Ed Orgeron was the coach of that LSU team, mm-hmm. won a national championship tanked the program. He's a, like he prefers to party than coach football. And uh, I think it was barstool or something like that. He did an interview and they were like, uh, asking him about when he got fired. And he's like, yeah, they called me. And uh, they said, you know, uh, I think we're going to buy you out. And so you're going to get yeah. about $17 million. Uh, it was, a, I think it was 17, $17 million buyout. And uh, we're going to move on from you. And he was like, all right, when do I need to be out of my office? Yeah. He said, which door do you want me to leave yeah. out of? 
was like, <laughs> like, like good, I, I mean, I, good for him. That dude's loving life. Like that's the, like good for him for like, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily good for him for his like competitive spirit, but I mean, fuck dude, we only get to live for so long and he's getting old. Like who gives a shit? Enjoy yourself. I got a message from one of our VPs last week and I was hoping that I was getting a $17 million buyout. <laughs> Right. But it was like, hey, we want you to do more things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> just buy me out. <laughs> no, I mean, I love doing this stuff. But yeah, a $17 million buyout. How are you not going to take that? Yeah. Um, uh, Jair played zone against uh, GA. J- go go Google or, uh, or or look on Twitter at the when he covered him in man the one time. Jair looks like me trying to cover an NFL wide receiver against Jefferson. Uh, there's a good clip going around. He's so smooth. Like he's just like. It's just unreal. Like Chase is just dominant. Yes. And Jefferson is they're just... different. They're they're kind of like opposites, actually, in the right. way they play the game. But like to the peak of each style. Yes. Like, yep. Like it's just you don't see it too often the way that these guys are playing football and they're yep. fun to watch. And the Bengals, the Higgins thing was sad. Um, hopefully he's back this week. But it, even if he's not, Chase is just the dude. He's just the dude. Like so good. He was smashing before he he was he was smashing before T got hurt. Obviously, it helped, but yeah, uh, he was he was smashing anyway. All right, well, that's gonna do it for us. We'll shoot Gretch a DM or we'll hit him up on the bat phone and see if he wants to join us next Tuesday after bringing him up a few times on the show this week if he's available. Um, for Eric Bimefor and myself, this was the Spike Week Football Show. We will catch you next Tuesday. Peace. <laughs>